changed man and they are happily married so you have to hear God in everything that you do so women we win our spouses over by the word this is how we win them over by the word we may not like what they say or like what they do sometimes sometimes we may not even understand their language sometimes they may be talking way over our head and we looking at them like a deer in head like said what are you talking about Willis because it gets hard sometimes <laughs> but you have to just you know take a deep breath and say Holy Spirit help me because I need help and when you ask the Holy Spirit to help you the Holy Spirit he will show you how to go in and out with that man and show you how to win him over through the word of God and sometimes it takes humbling yourself and allowing God to deal with that mate so wives when we submit to our husbands we're doing it unto the Lord we're doing it the way God want us to do it. And then it goes on um, to say in verse 24, we read this as 23, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, himself the savior of his body, as the church is subject to Christ. So let the wives also be subject in everything to their husbands. And then we went over that when husband love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word so i'm gonna go to verse 28 even so husbands should love their wives as being incensed their own bodies we went through the part with the husband so i'm just gonna wrap it up to say this women if you got a husband that submitted themselves to god and they're before god they're in their word they're doing things according to the word of god who would want to submit to that man some women don't have a problem submitting because when you're not in your word, when you don't have a relationship with God, when you don't understand the way of God, sometimes we want to be controlling like Jezebel and not even recognizing we have a controlling spirit because we want things our way. We want that man to do it our way or it won't be no way. So it takes coming together. It takes praying together. So as we come together as being one, then we can work on things according to the word of God and not according to our flesh. And like I said, women, if it's not lining up with the word, and I'll say this, there's no way that a husband can have his wife working and he's staying at home and don't want to work. That's not lining up. And there's no way a man can tell a wife, you be submissive to me when they're out of line according to the word of God. So, and the reason why I'm saying all of this, because I'm going into the children and we have to understand that children watch parents. They watch how that home is set up and based on how that home is set up, that's how they are going to do things because they watched us and they think what their parents do is right. So that's why we have to be so careful as parents wives when you don't submit to your husband and you got a loving husband guess what that's set an example for the son is set an example for the daughter the son is going to look at the daddy as being a wimp the daughter is going to look at this is how my man going to be so we got to make sure everything is in alignment according to the word of god and i'm telling y'all something it is not hard to submit first to your husband if you submit to god first if you submit to God first, you will not have a problem submitting to anyone. Anyone that have a problem submitting to husband, 
submitting to authority, you have not submitted to God first and foremost because you will humble yourself and become so low, even though your flesh is rising up, the spirit is overpowering the flesh because you know this is the will of God concerning you. Anybody on a job that backs talk their boss all the time, that always have an answer to everything they telling you to do, that never want to shut up, that's always defending themselves, that's not God. Because you respect those that have rule over you. Yes, they may be wrong, but it's not for you to try to make them right. It's for you to humble yourself, go before your father and say, Father, you see and you know all things, God. So I'm going to roll this over to you, even though right now you already know what I want to do. But I thank you that you're here. Amen. So when you do that, it's not hard to submit even at home. But we make it hard because we want to be in control. People that want to be in control want people to know that they're right. That's a form of pride. We want to tell everybody, well, that ain't right. And Well, if you know it's not right, God already knows it's not right. But you're still supposed to come in in a loving way, right? That's what we're supposed to do. So saying all that, I'm going to go back. Um, next week, because I am going to teach a little bit more on the women, because I believe men have problems because of us women. We don't want to admit it all the time, but we can find so much fault in our men. But we have to look at ourselves sometimes. Sometimes I may not can understand him because I choose not to, because I already made up my mind. How about y'all? When you made up your mind, you're like, oh. You hearing them talk, but you ain't heard a thing they say. And you act like you being so submissive to what they're saying. And you just shaking your hand. And in your mind, you saying, if you think I'm going to do that, you got another thing coming. Then, okay. God already know your heart and you know you're wrong. You just trying to play that card. You trying to play that role. And then when they ask you, well, what did I say? What did you say? See, you'll get checked on it. Sometimes we try to keep peace, but communication, ladies, is the key. Men, communication is the key because sometimes when men make up their mind and think that they're the priests of the home, that you don't supposed to say nothing but take it. Communication is the key. That's part of submission is hearing each other out, whether you like it or not, because husbands, them wives is what turn your head. Wives. Them husbands is what get on your last nerve, even though you got a lot of them. But we love them, amen. So let's talk about the children. And this right here, God was taking me back again to the beginning and how things are supposed to be. Y'all know about Adam and Eve. When God sets up things, it's the way God want them to be, not the way we think, them need to, we think they need to be. And through what happened in that garden, there was chaos. And things got out of order. But God set it up with Adam and Eve for them coming together as one in union as husband and wife. And it says in Genesis 4, verse 1, Adam had sexual relations with, and which means knew his wife Eve, and she became pregnant, conceived, and gave birth to Cain. Eve said, with the Lord's help, I have given birth to, produced, or acquired a man. After that, Eve gave birth to King's brother, Abel. 
Abel took care of the flock and King became a farmer. So we see that they were one, they were married. So I want everybody to understand this. When God set something up, he set it up the way he wanted to be set up. In today's society, people just get with anybody, get pregnant, have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten children scattered all over the place with different things going on all over the place. But that was not the way God intended for it to be. He intended for male and female to come together. And first, they had to come together in him. They had the same spirit that he had. They end up talking with God in the cool of the day. They had a relationship with God. God was teaching them his way of doing things. Why did this have to happen first? Because if they know God's way, they can teach the children's God's way. I want y'all to understand. If they know God's way, they can teach the children's God's way. The problem with society today is people are telling people it's okay to have children out of wedlock. But that's not the way God wanted to be because the enemy know when you do that, that child is going to have some problems with a, a father missing in action or a mother missing in action or seeing other families coming together and seeing them do things and seeing the father teaching the son how to do this or seeing the mother teaching the daughter. But then you have families that don't have that, that set up the way God wanted to be and that child end up being dysfunctional in some areas of their lives because we did what we thought we need to do based on how our flesh felt and the child end up being hurt because they don't have a stable environment the way God wanted it to be so when Adam and Eve when they came together they came together and they produced Abel Cain and Abel they were a unit they were a family they got taught the same thing now understand if you in the same family, you have the same mother and father and you're getting taught the same thing, that don't mean that one child, one child is going to be rebellious in some kind of way. So, but they're in the same family, but God want us to be a unit. He don't want everybody to be all over the place because this is how things begin to happen. So after King and Abel, I'm pretty sure that even though they got put out of the Garden of Eden, I believe Adam and Eve still showed them the way of God. And it is proven throughout scripture that they did show them the way of God. When you go to Genesis, the fourth chapter, we see after she had had Cain and Abel, it says in verse 3, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also bought of the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. We have to look at this too, how both of them had a job to do. One was a farmer. The other one dealt with what? Sheep, dealt with flocks. So both of them knew how to work. I'm going to start right there, people. Both of them knew how to do something. Both of them had something that they were doing. And this is what I look at. Women, we go get men that don't have no jobs. That don't have no setup. We go get men that's just out there looking for a free handout. But this tell me that Abel and Cain... 
Cain was a farmer. He bought forth what he produced, didn't he? But Abel bought forth the firstling of his flock. And so we knew he had to kill that first sheep or whatever he had, and blood had to be shed. And Cain was mad because God had respect for Abel's offering. The reason why God had respect, think about it. When Adam and Eve messed up, he had to kill an animal. Blood had to be shed. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So I believe both of them was taught the right way. But Cain chose to be self-righteous. He said it shouldn't matter as long as I give him something that I produce. Ain't that how some of us do? As long as I give him something, it shouldn't matter as long as I'm doing something. But you can be, uh, have a sacrifice, but it has to be the way God wanted to be, not the way we want it to be. So we know that both of them had to be raised in a way of the Lord. So y'all know what happened to um, Cain. Cain was upset, but I love what God said. He said, don't you know that sin lies at the door and wait? It's crotching at the door. So both of them was taught the right way. King went what? The opposite way because he was jealous over his brother. Look how jealousy come in a family with children. You have two children raised in the same house up under the same principle. But when a child seemed like one child is getting more attention than the other, jealousy rise up. The enemy start talking, say, see how they're treating that one better? Then they're treating you. See what's happening with them that's not happening with you. The enemy brings that into our children's lives. So we, as parents, when we're in the Lord, we need to watch our children and see what's going on with them and pull them aside and say, wait a minute, baby. Let me tell you why I did this the way I did it with him and didn't do it that way with you. When we don't give them understanding, that child is looking at how you favoring that one child more than you favoring another child. So we want to bring them up the way that God would have us to bring them up. So Cain and Abel was raised in the same house. Cain ended up killing his brother. So when we go through the Bible, we see that God was setting up principles. He was setting up his laws, his way of doing things because people didn't even recognize sin. So God had to bring those laws through Moses so they would know that they were sinners and they were in the need of a savior. And this is what you have to do to be in the presence of God. And I put all that in there to let you know we have gotten out of the way of God. When it comes to marriages, when it comes to having children out of wedlock, people say it's okay. But imagine how that child feel when that child got to walk in school and the daddy ain't there with them. And the mama is hurting because she's telling the daddy what's going on, but the daddy never show up. So she's sharing the pain of that child. And the enemy is after that child because the enemy knows that that daddy is not there. So another child come up to that child and say, where your daddy? Why your daddy ain't here? That's more pain for the child. Then the mother has to sit there and explain to the child without doing it in a hateful way why daddy didn't show up. But then it ended up building up in that child over the years. So this is why we need to have family units that raise that child up in the way that they need to be raised. Not the way we think they need to be raised, but according to the word of God. So the scriptures that God had given me was Ephesians 6, verse 1 through verse 4. And we're starting off, it says, Children, obey your parents. 
as the Lord wants in the Lord, because this is the right thing to do, Jess. The commandment, the command says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment that has a promise with it. Isn't that something? He said, honor your father and mother. That's in Exodus 20, 12 and Deuteronomy 5, 16. This is the first commandment that have promise with it. And then this is what you get when you do it. Then everything will be well with you and you will have a long life on earth. Fathers, do not make your children angry, but raise them with the training, discipline, and teaching and instructions of the Lord. Now, we're going to go through this. It says that children should honor, obey their parents. We're seeing in society today that children are not obeying. They're not respecting their parents. And some of the reasons why children do not obey their parents because parents are telling children to do something that they're not doing themselves. Parents are telling children, this is the way things sh- should go in this house. But they're seeing that the mom ain't living that righteous life in the home the way she need to live it. So if we are going to teach our children the right way, we should follow pursuit. We should never tell a child to do something that we know we're not going to do. You have women that bring men in the house and children don't even know who their daddy is. One week is this man. The next month, it's another man. Then they got the child calling that man daddy, the first one they saw. Then the child come home, see another man. Where daddy go? Bringing confusion to the child. Done been through about 10 men in one month. Then when the child grows up and bring a man into the house, you don't bring no man in my house. You don't pay no bills. Come on, y'all. But you want them to be obedient. Yes, we do tell the children, be obedient to your parents. No matter what you see your parents do, you still supposed to honor them. You still supposed to respect them for who they are. But sometimes it's hard for a child to respect parents when they're showing them the wrong way. But yet they think it's right for them to do it, but it's not right for the child to do it. So you got that child all mixed up and confused. So that child is growing up feeling like this is the right way. But the Bible tells us, children, obey your parents in the Lord. When you have godly parents and they're living a righteous life before God, let me tell you something. It is not hard for a child to obey. Now I'm going to be honest with you. They may tell a little lie sometime, but let me tell you something. They show respect for their parents. They honor them in the best way that they can. My little jolly green giant, big giant, not little, that boy, we had a time with that boy. Y'all, I prayed so much, Jesus knew when I was coming. He knew I, when I was going to pray even before I started praying. Y'all, I ain't going to lie. And I remember my daddy. As Jeremy was growing up and stuff, and I was hard on Jeremy. Me and my husband hard on Jeremy. Daddy would say, now he's a boy. Can't be so hard. You be so hard. They just, they just go out there and do everything. I said, Daddy, there's a reason for that. You just don't need to be that hard. I said, okay, Daddy. But I knew what we were going to do. So next thing I know, Daddy said, just give him a little bit of rope sometime. You know how them grandkids, they'll call them grandparents. After you done told him something. So I remember one day I can see daddy right now. Daddy come to the house. Something had happened with Jeremy. Daddy walking fast. Now what y'all going to do? What y'all going to do? I said, wait a minute. You say give him a little bit of rope. <laughs> Don't make no 
sense. You got, you got to do this right here. I said, okay, daddy. I still showed respect to my daddy because he's my daddy. I don't care. Even in front of my kids, I showed respect to my daddy. Why? Because if I can't show respect to him, how can they show respect to me? We got Christian folks telling parents what they going to do. And the parent, okay. No, it ain't like that in my house. Hey, 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 boy, you know who you talking to? You ain't talking to me. I'm sorry, mom. I, I did get a little loud. Mm-hmm. Bring it on down. See, you have to live a life in front of your kids that you can look at them and they'll hush. And as Jeremy grew up and he got older, y'all, and the stuff that my son got into, he wasn't a, a bad, bad boy, but he was just so mischievous. Every time you turn around, I'm getting a call. He won't shut up. He's doing this and he's doing that. Long story short, after he got out of school, I was at my desk and I'm praying, getting before God, and I seen the number pinned to high. I said, Jesus, what has he done now? Jesus, Jesus. I just got in my praying mode, y'all. And the Holy Spirit say, he done graduated. I said, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Y'all know y'all been there. Don't even try it. You have so much trouble with one child, you see a number pop up, and your heart just feel like it just drops. Anyway, but through the whole process, and I'm going to be honest with y'all, my husband is a witness. Jeremy never disrespected me nor his dad. No matter how mad he got, Jeremy would stand there with his fist balled up and his daddy up in his face. But he never disrespected us. And I'm going to tell you why. Because anything that we did in our home, whether spats or anything that was going on financially, they never knew it. Why? Because we would take it to the side and we would talk amongst ourselves. And what they saw was a picture of how it's supposed to be. So this is how a home's supposed to be carried out. Your children's supposed to see the love of God in spite of what you're going through. Sometimes things do go on. We do hurt. We do go through. But your child don't supposed to carry that burden for you. Some women use their children to put down the dad so they can have that respect from those children because they don't get it from the dad. This is what they do. They play those cards. So they want the kids to love them more than they love the dad. And then they tell the kids how how he don't work and he don't do this and he don't do that. He laying up over here and he laying up over there. And I'm going to get to the next part when it says fathers don't provoke your children to wrath. But sometimes it's not the fathers provoking them, it's the mother. Because the mother's making the children mad at the father because of what the father is doing to the mother. So we have to be so careful in the home to do things in order the way God want them to be done, not going on how we feel. Yes, we do hurt, but our children are watching us. Everything that we do, they feel like this is how I should do it. And this is why I like this scripture that says, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6, when we train them up, y'all, you don't start waiting until they're born to train them up. Women, when they're in your womb, you begin to speak over those children. Say women, 
You begin to read the word to them. You don't bring yourself into an environment and you know you carrying that child in your womb that's violent, that's full of cursing because that baby hears. You have people that was pregnant going to clubs, doing all kind of crazy stuff, drinking, smoking, and then the baby come out confused. And then you're wondering what happened to my baby. Or when you're pregnant and you're in a marriage and that a husband or that boyfriend is not doing right. That wound, your wound where that baby is, that baby is hearing those fights. That baby is, is feeling your stress. That baby is feeling everything that you feel in mamas. So when they come out, they come out with the fear. They come out with the anxiety. They come out with everything that you were carrying. And as they grow up, you're wondering. What's wrong with my child? Go back to those nine months when the daddy wasn't home. You tossing and turning and can't sleep. Or when you putting stuff in your body, you shouldn't be putting in your body. It affects your child. So when your child come out, your child is already used to the environment that's around them because you carried them in that environment. And it's proven. When Ari was um, born, when she was first born, Jeremy said, Call me bruh bruh. She was two months. When she started talking, she said bruh bruh. They hear. And this is where we miss it at. See, when you don't know these things, you doing the best you can. So when we know these things, training up a child, it starts in the womb. When that child come out, parents, we want to make sure that child is in a loving environment. We want to make sure that we're not putting anything on television or doing anything out of the way. You know why? Because the enemy right at that point is feeding that child. It's showing that child. And I'm going to give you an example. My little Jada. Lord have mercy. I'm going to throw oil on every day. My little Jada. Amen, Renee. That little Jada, she's a strong, she's a fighter, y'all. They went in the room. And Jada turned on the radio, and Jada was shaking it like it was hot. Had her arm up like John Travolta. Tail just going, shaking it like it's hot. Nobody was in the room. She didn't even know that Quisha come behind her. And Quisha started recording her when she looked around and saw Quisha. She turned around and started shaking a little harder. Like it was normal. So... See, the difference is, whatever environment that you're around, and this is the key, y'all. This is the funny part. This child was waiting on the beat. When the beat wasn't there, she was still. When the beat came in, she threw it up again. She wasn't even two years old. I'm telling you, they, they, they mimic it don't take nothing but a flash of a picture for a child to grab it that quick. They can take a cell phone now, y'all, and work it better than us. Two years old, one year old, that's just how quick they can catch it. And you wondering, Lord have mercy, where in the world they get that from? Where you been? Or where have they been? What they watching on TV? Are you monitoring different things? So the home have to be an environment full of love. The home have to be an environment where we say, no, no, we're not having this in the house. See, before I knew all this, 
When I had Jeremy, when he wanted any kind of game, I would buy the game because it was popular. Dragon Ball Z. Mommy, I want Dragon Ball Z. Come on, baby. We're going to go in there and get you some Dragon Ball Z. Jeremy had a little Dragon Ball Z toys and all of this stuff. And I remember I would sit there and watch Dragon Ball Z with Jeremy. Save y'all and didn't even know. And I would call out some of the phrases with him, thinking we were having mommy and son time, right? So all of a sudden, Jeremy's scared to sleep in his room. And I'm wondering, boy, you better go in that room and sleep in He said, mommy, I can't go in my room. I can't go in my room. So I called on a prayer partner. I said, something is wrong. That's unusual for him. She came to the house. She said, can I see your um, videos and stuff like that? I pulled out Dragon Ball Z like a proud mama. She said, do you know what that represents? I'm like, no, that's just a cartoon. Every child's watching it. She said, that's demons. Do you know that word that he's saying is of the devil? I said, no, ma'am. I I was ignorant, y'all. But once she made it known to me, I had to go through my house and throw away. So one day I was in there and Jeremy said, mommy, what are you doing with my stuff? And I was just slinging it in the trash. It was like, no, tell him why. So I sat him down. I said, it was my fault. I should not have bought you this because this is what it represents. So by this being in the house, it's bringing things in the house and it's keeping you from going in your room. I say, so mommy got to throw this away. He began to help me throw it away. We went in his room, threw all that stuff away. And the Lord say, now tell him he can go in there and go to sleep. That night he slept like a baby. But I bought it in. But I didn't know any better. Sometimes we get kids stuff so we can have our private time. Long as they in their room playing their games and they shut up or listening to these crazy songs over their heads. I'm okay. But you dealing with it in your home because you letting a portal open to evil. We bring fear is a portal of the devil. Evil comes through a portal. Those portals come through the toys, come through the television. So whatever portal you open for that evil spirit to come in your house, it comes in there and objects move. Y'all didn't know that, did you? So whatever you letting your child listen to in your home, you opening up portals for evil to come through your home. And that's why you be hearing stuff you shouldn't be hearing. I remember I told this lady She had someone in her home and she was hearing stuff in her home. And I said, it's because of the person that was in your home. I said, go through your house and begin to clean your house out and see what happened. They went through the house, cleaned the house out, walked around the house. And guess what? They had no more problems in their house. See, we invite the enemy into our house. So you have to watch what your kids are doing. And kids that know that a parent is serving God, guess what? The enemy going to use them to try to rebel. But we'll go into that later. But it says, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath or to anger. How do we provoke them to be angry? This is how we do it. By putting one child over another child. By praising one child more than you praising the other child. Sometimes we don't even pay attention to what we're doing. Or how about... Now, your brother making A's. What's wrong with you, stupid? You stupid. You ignorant. Your brother's always bringing A's in his house. I'm using this for an example. Why you can't do it? I don't understand. I know why you can't do it. I don't never see you with no book. 
So we always praising that child because we, you know, giving them accolades. Oh, they got A's and B's. Oh, you got C's and D's. You need to step it up a little bit. And the only thing that child is asking for is the attention that you're giving that other child. So they begin to rebel even more because we're giving that other child more attention. And you know what? Some people say, well, this one requires more attention than another child. We can't do that. Because anytime you have a firstborn, you're giving that firstborn all your attention. By the time that secondborn come in the picture, that firstborn is going to be jealous like Cain. And then they're going to end up hating the secondborn. And then that secondborn is going to feel like I'm not needed or wanted no more because you're always giving the firstborn what they want. So they go rebel and they do something hideous to get your attention. This is what happens in a family. And I remember my sister, Tria, oh my goodness, that girl was a student down. If she made a B, she cried. I said, give me the B, I give you my C's and D's. Not that I couldn't make what she made, but I didn't apply myself. So Tria would always be on the top of the world with her stuff. Knowing that my daddy loved me, but Tria was always up here and she always excelled. Me, I was the clown. What I would do, I would laugh my way through it. I will crack jokes to get attention. Some people have done that. They will make people laugh to get attention. But if the parents don't know what the child is doing, that's called rejection. See, I was rejected at a young age because the enemy was making me feel that she's smarter than you are. So I had to find something that I could achieve at to get attention. Who haven't done it? And even when your cousins come up and they excel and you feel like I got to bust the move in this class. I got to get way above my peers so people can see me, hear me, be attached to me. That's not how it should be. So we as parents should be in a place with God to say, God, show me. Now, this training up a child, y'all, it ain't only... In the ways of the Lord. It is in the ways of the Lord. But we as parents are supposed to know our children giftings. So we can raise them up in those giftings. That's training them. Because you got maybe a child that loves to cut stuff open. There go your surgeon. You got a child that's loving to read and loving to teach. There go your teacher. So you want to encourage them in those giftings that you're seeing in their lives. But we miss them because we so stuck on what they haven't done. So we should ask God, what is this child gifted in? How do you want me to attend to this child versus this child? Yo, we spent time praying over our children instead of praying over us all the time. You know, sometimes we feel like they okay. They, they happy. They laughing. They got friends in school. They doing their own little thing. They in this sport. They in that sport. I see them on the phone all the time. I'm the one with issues. They fine. But they're not. Some kids are hide it well. Some kids will make you think that they're okay. And then all of a sudden when they bust a move on you, you can't take it. You be like, what did I do wrong? Lord, why didn't I see this in that child? Because we took our eyes off that child the way the enemy wanted us to. Because we were so much on how we feel and what we want. And we wondering how... We provoke our children to wrath. Sometimes we put them in a situation where we want them to be up here instead of being where they need to be. We want them to excel better than we excel, but we're pushing them too hard. 
I wasn't like that in school. You ain't going to be like that. You ain't going to make a mockery of me. They ain't how our family roll. That's, this is how you going to do it. So every day they come in the house, you drilling them how they should be, how they should be. You're provoking them to wrath. You're provoking them to be angry. Y'all, when the Lord taught me all this, it was through Jeremy. Bless his heart. I remember Jeremy had chores and he would vacuum the floor. And as he was vacuuming the floor, I said, give it to me. Boy, that is not how you vacuum that floor. Just give it to me. I do it myself. So I began to do it. And the Lord got on me. He said, nope, that's wrong. You tell him, you did a good job, Jeremy. But let me show you some more, you know, how to, how to do this in a better way. Not in a better way, but let me show you how you can get it done and he'll look at me. I said, wait a minute, Lord, help me with that. Because I don't want him to feel bad. I said, you did a good job. And the more you do it, the better you're going to get. See how God changed it. The more you do it, baby, the better you're going to get. And he had an enjoyment vacuuming the floor. Because I came in the right way. Instead of taking it from him, God showed me how to show him how it needed to be done without hurting his feelings then y'all he used to make my tea when he first started making my green tea it wasn't good but i'm gonna tell you something the more he made that tea i say honey don't touch my tea let jeremy do it i'll wait till jeremy come in the house (laughs) see we have to be patient with our children y'all we have to meet them where they are and i remember one day as me and him was talking he looked at me he said he said mom Why are you always getting on me with bad stuff? He said, you never tell me the good I do. Y'all, I was so hurt. And I looked him dead in the eye and said, you're right. I said, forgive me for that. That's wrong. Because you do a good job at this, 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 and this. And he began to smile. And that's when we can communicate, y'all. Because sometimes we miss it. We always talking about the bad but the bad should, the good should outweigh the bad. So I begin to tell him, oh, you do so good in this. I mean, my green tea, baby, nobody can make it like you can make it. You do such a good job. And it had him wanting to do more. And I remember he told me, and I can use me. He told me, mama, when your number would pop up, tears would come down my eyes. I said, excuse me? He said, because I didn't know what you was going to do or what you were going to say. Y'all, it hurt. Because I will always get on him because he was always in something. So God had to change me, y'all, so he could see me differently. It got so bad. That boy, he knew how to shoot you one, and it looked like he was telling the truth, but you knew it was a lie. And I remember one night, we said, Jeremy, where you at? So and so and so and so. I said, told my husband, I said, he lying. I said, he lying. I said, where you say yeah? It ain't taking nobody that long, change no tire. We found out where he was. He come outside so scared. I said, boy, don't mess with me. I go in that house. I bring all of you out of there. (laughs) Mama, please, please, mama, please. And that's the night he told me, when I see your number pop up, tears started coming down my face. Now, y'all know how big Jeremy is, right? Jeremy has so much respect for me. See, I'm talking about me. Y'all ain't heard his side. We're going to leave him alone. <laughs> I'm talking about 
my son has so much respect for me and my husband. He said, Mama, I didn't know what to do when you called me. He said, sometime I pray. I said, that's what you need to do, Jeremy. But then the Lord got on me, y'all. He said, it shouldn't be like that with him. And me and my son had a talk. And this is what I told my son. One day, you're going to understand how I feel. But until that day, forgive me. I should not have made you feel that way. Because, y'all, I was using manipulation on my son to get him to tell the truth. The Lord said, you're using witchcraft. Come on. We all done it. I ain't the only one. My manipulation was, where you at? He, he paused. I see you, boy. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I see you, boy. Don't be lying now. Where you at? I see you. Use the manipulation. Y'all, the Lord wouldn't let me do it. I said, I repent. I'm bringing witchcraft in my house. That's just how bad it was with my son. Now, women and men, you can't say you ain't been there. You're probably using it right now. We got to shut it down. <laughs> so I had to shut it down. And I had to say, no, 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 this ain't working. I even put a track on my son's phone. And I would say, I see you, boy. He thought I was seeing in the spirit. I was seeing with the app. <laughs> Where you at? I'm on, I said, you're lying. You're on 421. The phone just went dead. <laughs> I didn't make him think no different. I was using an app. Then one day, my son called me. He said, Mama, my phone ain't working right. I said, don't touch it. Don't touch it. I'll take it to all tail when I get But Don't you touch it. He figured it out. He said, Mama, you tracking me. <laughs> yeah, every time you call Mama, the phone light up. I said, that must be Jesus. Manipulation. The Lord says, shut it down. I had to ask for forgiveness, y'all, because I was opening the door in my house. And to his lies. And thinking that that was saving him, but it was hurting him. So, see, the Lord taught me and my husband how to handle things his way and not our way. He taught us how you can't slap it out of him, right, honey? Because that man right there. Jeremy see him come and run, son, run. Because I knew it. You'd out for the count. So I'm telling you, (laughs) raising your children and training them up in the way that they should go is based on the where we're going to. We can't blame it on these children because some things you think they don't know, y'all, they know. And some things that we say that is not right, We need to check ourselves and go back to our children right then and say, you know what? That was not right. I should not have said that. Forgive me for what I did. And guess what they're learning? Forgiveness. Guess what they're learning? Humility. Guess what they're learning? My mama was wrong, and she told me she was wrong. And to this day, y'all, through all of these principles, when somebody would come to my son and say, your mama? He said, back up right there. He said, because I know who my mama is. And this is what you need to do. He learned that through how I went back and apologized and asked for forgiveness. And it got to a point that Jeremy knew how I was in my character and his daddy character that a guy began to talk about me at work because I was a preacher. 
They didn't see the guy no more because he was on the ground before he finished. <laughs> Why am I saying that? Because when your kids see you standing for right, and the first thing my son told this gentleman, I know you ain't talking about my mama because she helped everybody. I know you ain't talking about my mama because I know what my mama do. See, you can take up for right when you know right. You got kids that don't want to take up for their parents because they're saying true that. <laughs> Your mama coming to church and start shooting, true that. <laughs> they know you. Your mama cursed me out, true that. Your mama been sleeping with them men, she sure do. Had another one last night. They telling the truth because this is what they see, y'all. They only see what we show them. So this is why God is telling us the children do have a role to play, but their role of living a long life on this earth is based on the home too that they come out of. We have to make sure that home is full of love. And even if we make sure it's full of love and they rebel, we know we've done what we're supposed to do. So we continue to pray for them. We continue to put them before God. Because we knew we did according to the word. But we know we have a promise that they're going to come back. Because we trained them. This scripture here says, Deuteronomy eleven eighteen through 19. Amplified. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen through 19. Therefore you shall lay up these, my words, in your minds and hearts and in your entire being. And bind them for a sign upon your hands and as a forehead bands between your eyes. And you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and you rise up. If we would teach our children the word, if we talk with them about the word, guess what, y'all? They're going to come back. To what they have been taught. They're going to remember this. Even in in society. Going through in life. They're going to remember this. I was looking at a clip on YouTube. And I'm going to close. On YouTube. Of um, Elijah Cummings. Cummings. I don't know this man. Never heard this man. I'm not into politics. I don't look at nothing. Not unless the Lord allow me to look at it. And to pray over it. Right? Anyway, we got some blinking lights out there. Anyway, I don't do it not unless the Lord tell me to do it. But I watched this one clip doing his funeral. And I guess the Lord had me to watch it because of what I'm teaching tonight. And it was his two girls up there talking about their daddy. And as they talked about their daddy, one of the girls said that he always told them black is beautiful. You are beautiful no matter what nobody say to you. You are beautiful. And he will call her and say, hello, beautiful. He will remind her how beautiful she was. She said when she was little and she was on the playground, this boy walked up to her and said, you ugly. She said, no, I'm beautiful. She said, and she reached in her pocketbook, even though it was full of rocks, she had her daddy's card. She said, and take this card and call my daddy and he'll tell you I'm beautiful. He taught her. No matter what people see, this is how home, no matter what people say about you, 
you're beautiful. Both daughters, he taught the same thing. The other daughter had an incident. She said she had to parallel park. She said he made me parallel park about 50 times. She said, but the first time I took my test, I passed. And he will always call me and say, hello, beautiful. Our kids will only do, y'all, what we train them to do. They'll only say what we train them to say. Now, Jeremy, he was different. Yes, he was. I wasn't saved when I had Jeremy. Later on, I got saved, and it was kind of hard trying to bring him back. But God bought him. He bought him back. He's still respectful. Now, Aria, the whole time she was in my womb, she had Proverbs spoken over her. She always was the type of child, she wouldn't touch nothing unless she asked for it. She was always looking out for others more than herself. I remember for Christmas, she said, Mommy, she said, I'm going out and buy all my friends a Christmas present. Now look, y'all, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, you're right there getting you one. Lord said, wait a minute. I said, okay. I said, okay, um, Ariel. She said, I want to make sure I get all of them something special for Christmas. She went out and bought every one of them a Christmas present. Guess what? She didn't get one. But it didn't hurt her. Because she gave it from her heart. So everything that she do, she'll make sure nobody's left out. If they plan something and one can't go, she said, well, we're all not going. Because one is left out. She's making sure nobody's left out. She was totally different. Now Jeremy said, hey, if he's not going, come on, we're going anyway. Jeremy is totally different. You tell Ariel, we say, Ariel, you need some money? She said, no, I got money. Ask Jeremy if he need money. He got money. Give it to me. <laughs> I'll take it. See, they're different, but they're loving children, but he's different from her. He'll call his sister when he was in high school, and Ariel would keep her, her money. He'll say, hey, hey, can I get $10 from you? I give it to you when I get Walmart payment. She never saw the $10. <laughs> But see, she was different. But when she learned better, she said, no, you don't get no more money. But see, this every child is different. So you have to love them with the love of God because they are different. She would give you her last. If Jeremy's on his last, he'll say, you know what? We got to work this out some other kind of way. <laughs> but he'll share with you. He will. He will share with you. Now, since he have his own children, he'll call me. He said, mama. This young, I say, you reap. <laughs> what you, and he'll get so silent. I say, see, baby, you remember them nights? I said, but it's over now. It's over now. It take Jesus to raise these kids. He said, mama, I see it. You call him, y'all. The first thing he said, hold on, mama. You call him the next time. Get over there and sit down. <laughs> so I said, boy, call me when you can talk. But can I tell y'all this? Through the love that we showed our children, my son is the best dad ever. He feed them. He wash them. He picks them up. They get sick. You can't give them Tylenol. He got to do it. He got to call me. Did they eat, mama? Mama, what did they eat today? Mama, that's not enough. Don't let her fool you, mama. She can eat more than that. Give me the phone. You're going to eat that food. Do you hear me? He'll say, that one right there, that one to eat it. That one right there, you got to make her sit down and eat. Mama, okay, can you do this for me? I have to work late. I say, sure, I'll pick them up. Like yesterday, y'all, it was so funny because we were on our way. Yesterday was something. Anyway, I'm going to close. 
We went to Wallace, ate with Aria before she left. Come back, had to go back to Wallace to get tags. Come back, had to take the car to Wilmington. On the way to Wilmington, stopped in Rocky Point for gas. Jeremy called us and said, Mama, I can't get off. Can you please get the kids for me because I got to take this load. I hate to bother you, but everybody else is gone. I said, we were already in Rocky Point, two vehicles. Had to turn around, go get the kids, head back to Wilmington. Then he just got off about close to 6 o'clock. Guess what, y'all? He met us in Wilmington, picked up his children. So we can, and 